and gents, and welcome to episode 44 of the Controlled Interest Gamecast, where we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry. Two-man podcast, how's it going, Dom? It's going great. It's going great. Uh, High energy today, Jared. <laughs> High energy. High energy. Uh, unfortunately, Jordan can join us, so two-man podcast, the fireside groove, as he would call it. Um, yeah, so just two-man podcast today. Uh, some big news this week that we're going to be going over later in the show, but as far as what we've been playing, uh, hasn't been too busy of a week for me. The uh, lunar, the lunar event, I believe, is what they're calling it for Overwatch started, which is really cool. Um, it's in honor of the Chinese New Year. They introduced a new, a bunch of new skins. They introduced a new game mode, which they always do for their events. This one's really cool. It's capture the flag, which is really interesting because there's so many different characters in that game that you would think that it wouldn't be balanced, but it does kind of work. Um, obviously, Tracer, who's the main character of the game, if there was one, the girl who can, uh, you know, zip and teleport essentially um she's one of the main characters people like to use or like winston because he has a very large jump um it's a really cool event there's a lot of really nice skins a lot of traditional asian skins and uh mostly chinese skins uh are you familiar with journey to the west uh dom no no uh i believe it was a book i know it's a movie but i i don't exactly know what property it comes from um i'm just familiar with like the the, the pop culture like memes and stuff I've seen but essentially it's the story of uh, four men from China's journey to the west um, there's this big pig guy there's a monk there's an, uh, a samurai or something and then there's another guy essentially four characters in Overwatch got those skins so Roadhog the big, the big Australian guy with the hook that kind of looks like a pig already got the pig skin it looks really cool um, there's a guy that got a monk skin and so on and so forth. Um, so they really did this event well. It's cool to see them integrating non-American holidays, right? Because we had the Christmas event and the Halloween event and the Olympics, which isn't an American holiday. It's not a holiday at all. Um, but it was just really cool to see this, um, seeing a lot of the characters get really cool <clears throat> and interesting skins. Um, so yeah, it's a really cool event. I've also been playing Lego Dimensions. Uh, WB was kind enough to send me over a copy of that game. Um, and it's really cool. I haven't built anything Lego in a long time, so sitting down and actually building the portal and all that stuff is really cool. It came with uh, some of my favorite characters from things. It came with uh, three different figures on the starter pack. It came with Batman, which is really cool, Gandalf, which I love Lord of the Rings, and Wildstyle from the Lego movie, which I haven't seen, uh, unfortunately, so I'm not too familiar with that property. Um, but it's really cool. I'm uh, about 20% through the game. The first two worlds are really cool. The first world is Wizard of Oz in the story mode, and the second world you go to is The Simpsons. I'm currently in the third world, which is Ninjago, which is, I think, one of LEGO's newest brands. Uh, when I was a kid, it was uh, Bionicles. I don't know if you remember those, Don. Oh, yeah. So I think now is like this generation's kind of Bionicles. It's Ninjago, which I'm not too familiar with, but it looks cool. It looks uh, Mortal Kombat-y. Um, so, yeah, that's really cool. It's, I haven't been really doing too much as far as that is concerned, but I've been playing some Overwatch and some LEGO Dimensions uh, and a little bit of Banner Saga, but not enough to really talk about. So, what about you? So, uh, first thing, I've been playing a little bit of a game called Urban Empire. Um, this was also sent to us by uh, Calypso, I believe is how you say it, which I want to be careful when I describe this game. So, at first glance, it appears like a city builder, um, kind of like a SimCity sort of thing. Um, not, while that's true, it's kind of shallow in that regard, but that's not the point. The point is, it's your typical city city builder. Um, you start out in, I think, the 1800s, go on for 
I think by the end you're supposed to go through 200 years. But the kicker is you basically have to manage city council. So very far Ooh, from like an cool. Age of Empires, yeah, or like a, a Sims game where you have like ultimate control over everything and everyone. You can do whatever you want, however you want it. This is, well, yeah, you can, you can propose to raise taxes on everyone, but you got to get your vote through the council. Oh, that's you really have to, cool. Yeah, and it, <clears throat> there, I, I am going to put together a review. So we, we don't have to spend a topic on this because um, we'll ha I'll have much more coming out uh, on the website and so on. But <clears throat> it's a really cool concept. I'm sure there's other stuff out there that is like, you know, has, does the same sort of thing, but I'm not aware of it. Yeah. So <clears throat> this is cool. Um, uh, one thing I will say, you got to really be into politics and that, and that sort of thing. Um, if you loved House of Cards, then you're going to love this game. <clears throat> Obviously, it's not going to be as dramatic, but that same sort of thing where you're trying to work the system so for someone like me who's like i have like strong political views but i don't really like the fact that you know playing politics is a thing i don't you know what i mean like house of cards is a great show but I, it's, it's all scummy to me and that's how the game kind of feels i don't know um but i, I could see this being like really cool for a colin moriarty type of person who just loves you know the ins and outs of congressional votes and that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, so for me, it's not the greatest thing, um, but just because it's not my type of game necessarily, but it does some cool stuff. So more to come in a review though, in the next uh, week or so here. But um, other than that, I finished up Minerva's Den from Bioshock 2, oh, which I hadn't played before. So this was a big motivating, uh, motivating factor to get the collection. This one's really good too. This is I not quite as good. God dang it! Yeah, you haven't played it yet. I haven't played Minerva's Den, and I haven't played uh, Burial at Sea. Now I haven't played either of them. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Minerva's Den, especially if you just came off the heels of playing Bioshock Two, which I didn't even play that again. I I played it previously, so I didn't even bother again. I just went straight to Minerva's Den. But I could see where if you came off the regular game, Minerva's Den would be like, oh, like. The greatest thing yeah um, but burial burial at sea parts one and two i think are still much better um not to spoil any spoil anything but they they answer some cool questions and close a lot of loops um you should definitely play those because you have the collection correct yeah i have the collection the whole one of the sole reasons i got it is for minerva's then in burial at sea i just i've been caught up with a bunch of other things i need to get to it though. Yeah. yeah i mean between all three of them you'll probably spend like less than 10 hours if that Okay, cool. They're they're all pretty short, which is fine. Yeah. Um, I guess people complain about that at the time, but I don't, they're they're so good that it's completely justified. Um, beyond that, I grabbed Hitman Go on the PSN sale. They had a flash sale recently. I think it was like three dollars on Vita. I have it on Windows PC, so I'm interested to see what you have to say real quick. Yeah. No, I'm uh, two two chapters through, okay. so like you know, thirty levels or whatever. So like the worlds, yeah. Yeah, two of the main worlds through. Um, and I'm going through and playing, you know, each independently, like on my own. And then going back through. And if I can't get the, complete all the challenges, you know, in a couple tries, then I've just been pulling up a guide and just to clean up all the remaining challenges, right? <clears throat> but I do want to, yeah, I do want to at least get through each level on my own, you know, one time. Yep. Um, but I also really want that platinum. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's an easier one to get. Uh, compa like compared to the next game I played, The Witcher Three. Oh gosh. 
which I booted back up. Um, I eventually want to get to the DLCs because I never played those before, but this might be on the list for a long while. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just as good as ever. Um, it, it controls jankier than I remember. Geralt is very floaty. Yeah. Um, which I don't recall being as much of a problem the first time I played it, but maybe after a few hours I'll kind of get used to the controls. Kind of like it was the same sort of thing with Assassin's Creed. Where off the bat, I was like, oh, this control is kind of poorly, but you get used to it and it ends up this being This is also right, in a post like Dark Souls 3 world where you're kind of used right. to a little bit tighter of controls, yeah. I, I've been spoiled, yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, jumping back, I really, I really do like Hitman Go. It's, it's a really cool little game, great for the Vita. So my favorite type of mobile games, like I, I really like that uh, the the strategy, but it feels like it's tangible strategy. If that makes sense. Like yeah. I don't know how to explain it. Like I don't know, just fun. It's like oh, I can do a couple levels. I have like ten free minutes. You know, I right. think it's really cool. So whereas like something like and I don't know because I've not played it, but The Witness strikes me as something that is way more of an investment. In time and thought, but maybe oh, I'm yeah, not. That's like, that's like an experience. This is like a, hey, you have some free time, mess around yeah. a little bit, you know, so. No, it's I, great. Like, at, at lunch, I just, you know, grab the Vita and just play like a quick level. It's like, yeah, perfect I, for that sort of thing. I, I absolutely love it because I, I like Hitman and I like the Hitman games. And like, although I haven't played the new episodic one, um, I still like that world and I like Agent 47. So it's cool too. And the, I think the, the thing they do is like, a lot of the objectives in the game are are reminiscent of the actual property, you know? So, like, when you're playing Hitman Go, it doesn't feel like something with the Hitman skin. It's like, oh, this is a strategy game in the Hitman world, if that makes sense, you know? So, mm-hmm. I think it's really cool. Yeah, it's um, very cool. Yeah, interested to see. So, you played a little bit of DLC. You got a, a, a nice game to play here and there, and then you dove into one of the deepest games ever made. So, I did everything. <laughs> it was sitting on the dashboard, and I just thought... You know, I bought this like a month ago. Jump back in and see what's going on in that world. That's all. That's a deep dive. Like, <laughs> I want to get back to Witcher, but I'm like worried. You know, so it's intimidating. Yeah. yeah right. Um, news. Uh, we were talking about Dark Souls three, and we were talking about how we live in a post Dark Souls three world. Uh, Ashes of Arendelle came out late last year. A lot of people thought it was you know a little undercooked and wasn't as deep of a piece of DLC they're expecting from from the guys over at From Software. But we have a new announcement. Uh, coming by way of Forbes.com, Eric Kane writes, New Dark Souls 3, The Ring City DLC announced. Uh, the Ringed City is the second expansion for Dark Souls 3. Um, wait a minute, wait a minute. Do they mean, like, New England, where the Patriots are? Oh, God. Uh, I don't know. We'll figure out if you can cheat in the city. At all. <laughs> yeah. uh, so this DLC is going to be launching March 28th on PS4, Xbox One, and Steam. It'll cost. Uh, it'll be sold individually or part of the $24.99 season pass. Um, which he goes on to state how people weren't too high on Ashes of Ariandale. I know you played Dark Souls 3 and you beat it. Did you play the first DLC? Or were you just waiting for enough content to justify you going back to that game? Yeah, I'm just waiting. I never did play that first DLC. I'll probably wait all the way until they, they put it together in a, in a Goatee Edition type thing so I can okay. rebuy it on PS4 so I have an excuse to do that. True, that's right. Because you, you, you played through it initially on PC, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, the the trailer looks really cool. Uh, I think this is, I mean, this is, from what we've heard from From, is that this is going to be essentially the last piece of Dark Souls that we'll have for a long while. So uh, people expect it to be substantial. Hopefully it is. Um, and we'll see how it is because, you know, people love the, their lore in Dark Souls and hopefully 
this gives a lot of vague answers to questions people have. So we'll see. Uh, next up on the docket for news, uh, we have a couple of stories of Kickstarters that went up in the last week. Uh, one doing really well and one not doing so well. So we'll start off with the ones that are not doing so well. Um, there's a Kickstarter for uh, uh, Francis Ford Coppola's uh, movie Apocalypse Now. They want to turn it into a video game. Um, they're asking for $900,000. Uh, he's assembled a team. I believe they're called Erebus, something like that. Pretty sure it's Erebus. Um, it includes people who've worked on Fallout New Vegas, Wasteland 2, Far Cry, and a bunch of other RPGs. Um, like I said, they're looking to raise $900,000. They have 28 days to go, and they're sitting at $76,000, which isn't looking too hot. It isn't looking like this game is going to get enough traction, but who knows? Kickstarters can jump out like crazy. Um you're familiar with Apocalypse now, Dom. You've never seen it. Do you think this is a case of like this property isn't as big as the director and the people are, you know surrounded in this think it is, and they're gonna have a quick slap in the face? So my lack of knowledge on this is actually a great answer to your question because I've heard of this. Yeah. Never seen it, but I don't really know anything about it. I assume yeah. that there's some kind of apocalypse going on. It's it's a it's basically a psychedelic acid trip into like the Vietnam War era. Um, from what I remember, there's essentially Martin Sheen's character um, is looking for a, a highly uh, trained um, soldier in, in the jungle. I believe it's played by Marlon Brando. Um, and the big thing there is that uh, Marlon Brando was actually supposed to show up 60 pounds underweight from what he showed up on set as because he's supposed to be this highly trained soldier. And he showed up a little bit overweight, a little pudgy, and the director was not very happy about that. And in the movie, he's not the skinniest guy. He's not huge or anything, but he's not what they wanted him to be. So um, there's reports of, like, uh, actors taking drugs during the filming or having weird trips and, like, not being in the best of health. Um, And the movie's renowned for just being a very stylized thing uh, when that wasn't a real thing in the film industry. Um, Think of, like, Full Metal Jacket on acid, if you've ever seen Full Metal Jacket. Uh, yeah, one of my biggest problems with their Kickstarter, I don't want to harp on them too long, um, is that they have stretch goals. And I personally, I believe that the best Kickstarters are the ones that have their initial goals set up. Once they hit their funding, then they post their stretch goals. I always find it weird when they have stretch goals before they've even hit their funding. Uh, what do you feel about that, Dom? Do you think it's a little weird? <clears throat> yeah, I'm with you because the stretch goals are – this is initially just planned for PC and then the stretch goals are – you know, we can port it to PS4 and Xbox One, which seems kind of... Why, why don't you make it on PC first? Why don't you see if that's even possible? Yep. Hit that goal. Yeah, and then, like you're saying, and then post some stretch goals and see what you can do. But there's got to be at least the initial demand there. Well, yeah, and I think that you allow people to get more surprised and intrigued, and it allows for better marketing, too. So if you initially hit your goal, then there can be no, more new stories coming out like, hey, Apocalypse Now uh, has stretch goals now. They're trying to get it to console. It's a bigger story for you and you get better press, right? Mm-hmm. It just seems weird to put the – how does that saying go? Uh, I don't know. Put the whatever in front of the horse or the, the cart in front of carriage the horse. In, carriage in front of the horse. There you go. Yeah, so Wait. it's kind of weird. Horse cart in front of the, of the carriage. Never oh, mind. that would be Let's right, move though. On. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> uh, the second Kickstarter we want to talk about is Banner Saga 3. I've currently been playing through the first Banner Saga. I own both of them. Um, great game, super beautiful art style, really interesting story. Uh, if you're interested in, like, Game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings or anything fantasy at all, uh, high fantasy or not, um, definitely check out these games. Anyways, 
they have a Kickstarter, Stoic Games does, for Banner Saga 3. They've said from the get-go that this was going to be a trilogy. Um, they had a, a, a while there where they were uh, in a legal battle with the guys who make Cran uh, Candy Crush Saga because they felt that they were uh, impeding the brand of Saga or something. Really weird uh, lawsuit thing that was happening. Um, and uh, yeah, so their Kickstarter is actually doing really well. It has 40 days to go. It's currently at 151,000 out of 200,000. Really strong numbers out of the gate. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar with the way Kickstarter works, usually um, projects get their largest amount of funding in the first uh, four days and the last four days, give or take. Uh, that whole middle area is usually very slow, but there's the big ramp at the beginning and the big finish, and it's cool to see somebody so close to their, their initial goal. Uh, I've gone through the Kickstarter, and from what I saw, they don't even have any stretch goals listed yet, which is awesome. They do a very good job of explaining what they've done in the past and why they're proven. Uh, I'm interested. I really want this game to be funded. It looks like it's going to be a lot of people love Banner Saga. This is the end of their saga. The best thing about this is I think once the trilogy's done, they can make a really strong marketing push for buying the game as a trilogy, the Banner Saga trilogy or something like that, you know, and get in the hands of a lot more people. I think this is a game not enough people have played. I think, like... The care and effort that's put into this game um, isn't matched by a lot of studios out there, much less somebody their size. And um, they're completely passion-driven, you know. They've had two games that have gotten critical success, and who knows if they've actually had talks with companies of striking publishing deals and stuff like that, but they're still going to Kickstarter. So um, I think they're just a group that relies on their passion for their project, and they want to see something through. So... Um, I'm excited. Have you ever had any inclination of playing the Banner Saga, Dom? I'm one of those people who said needs to play this. Yeah, I think I really think you would like it. Um, you got into Fire Emblem this year. I think from what I've seen and what I've heard from you is you're not the the, the biggest tactics RPG guy, but you, you kind of have uh, a likeness to them, like you, you enjoy them. So uh, the art style is beautifulness. I know you like fantasy. Um, I really think you would like this game. Uh, so if you ever, it's going to be on a sale. That's how I got mm -hmm. it for Xbox One. Next time you see it on a sale, pull pull the trigger and get this game. Because uh, now Keep you more likely out. have a have a third one coming out. Uh, so I, I really like when people stick to their guns and they finish a project. Uh, these guys are from Austin, Texas too, which is really cool. Um, a studio that's actually not too far away from me, uh, less than a state over. So the really cool thing also they're doing with their, their Kickstarter is whatever tier you decide to back at, um, for $20 more, you'll get both of the first games as well, yeah. which is really cool. So if you just want the minimum, which I think is like $25 and you get the game no matter what, plus a couple other perks, if you bump that to 45 you automatically get the other two games too. So you're getting a deal in the first two games as well. So it's a really cool way to uh, pack in uh, backers and give them a reward, right? So... I think those these are two examples here. Um, I wouldn't mind the Apocalypse Now game being made, but these are definitely two examples of somebody who understands Kickstarter and understands their audience and how to run a Kickstarter, and somebody who's new to it and maybe holds their brand and uh, and IP at, to a higher standard than what you know um, the consumer does. So we'll see how both of those play out. We'll give you guys an update when they're both finished and see how they did. Um, the next story here. Uh, one of my favorite, if not close to being my favorite developer, uh, Playdead, uh, released a teaser image. Uh, their new game is going to take place involving an astronaut of some sort. 
Um, they basically tweeted out this image and they said, Thanks for your warm reception of Inside. Since release, Plated founder Art Jensen and the team have been working on the next adventure. This looks really cool. Uh, we've both seen this image. The first, the first game, Limbo, that they made um, was completely black and white for the most part. Very eerie. Uh, I think Inside was them hitting their stride even better. Um, there was more colors to it. It was obviously a lot of muted tones. Um, there was a lot more animation. It felt a little bit more well-crafted. Limbo was a great game, but I think Inside definitely was a master class in design. Um, if anything, Dom, we can assume that you're a kid having to deal with some kind of crazy world around you, right? If their first two games are any indication. Um, there's an, there's a, a, an object flying to whatever he's standing on, if it's Earth or if it's a planet. Do you think that's a comet or do you think that's a crashing spaceship? I'm going to go with spaceship. You think it's a spaceship? I think we're going to have um, some extraterrestrial shit going on. Yeah. Uh, so the first game, and this is without spoiling either of the games, the first game Limbo had to do with that state of Limbo, of not being in heaven and hell, are you dead, are you not kind of thing. Um, inside, one of the major tones of Inside is control um, and your life and what's going on. And... Uh, they're very loose as far as narrative, but they, they do have strong um, strong tones they want to hit with the player. So I'm interested to see. A lot of people are speculating this is going to be a game about loneliness and coming to terms with that and stuff like that. So really intrigued. Um, I hope it's a good game. I don't want to guarantee it is because you never know about Play Dead. I'm excited. Hopefully this game doesn't take six years, but if it does, I'm okay with that. Um, yeah. Are are you are you have you haven't played Limbo right? And I don't think you've played nope. Inside either. No, neither. No. Would this game intrigue you? Would you want to play this game? I still am intrigued by Inside. I still want to want to play that sometime. It's a really short game too. I yeah. It's on PS4 too. So that's a, if that's ever on the sale, you can probably remote play that. I don't know. It's a great game. Yeah. I yeah. recommend it to anybody. My game of the year last year. So, um, next story here. Uh, the Prey release date was confirmed by a new gameplay trailer. Uh, this came out of nowhere. It was a surprise to all of us. Yeah. I think going into this year, uh, uh, Jordan, Dom, and I can all say that this is one of our most anticipated games. It's at least in the top five for all of us. Prey looked amazing. Uh, it looks really cool. It looks like the best parts of Bioshock and Dishonored, which you can't go wrong there. May 5th. May 5th, Dom. How about that date? That's crazy, right? Surprise. It's a surprise. It's way earlier than I think a lot of people anticipated. Um, it feels like we just found out that it existed. Yeah, this I love this though because I'm still in the mode where I'm excited for Prey, and I'm not like, is that it? Can I get a release date yet? You know, um, and I think it's hitting its peak of like, we don't know a lot about this game really. If you sit down and think about it, we know you're this guy that had experiments done on him, and you can turn into objects, and there's this weird alien presence. But outside of that, we haven't had trailer over trailer over trailer, right? We haven't had E3 after E3. It's kind of like punch us in the face, and then we're finally going to see what it's all about. I'm excited. Um, I Man. think we're going to be uh, – I don't know. I Is this a day one uh, purchase for you? So that's what kind of what I wanted to jump at because I, I want it to be, but look at, look at at let's look at how the year is shaping up right now. Yeah, true. Resident Evil 7 just dropped. We got – Horizon coming out in a in about a month right now. Horizon Zero yep. Dawn. A couple days Andromeda. after that, a couple days after that, Zelda Breath of oh, the yeah, Wild, true. and then yep. and then couple, only like two or three weeks after that, Mass Effect Andromeda. 
and uh, and that's that's March twenty first, I believe. And we're only talking about confirmed release dates. There's plenty we don't know right. about the second half of the year. Yeah. And now we got Prey for May, early May, and then in the fall, hopefully we get. I'm less confident than everyone else, but we'll have Red Dead two. And then, Destiny two is a big rumor. Destiny two, I think. Yeah, the rumor is that it's going to be this year too. Then we got probably Assassin's Creed Egypt, which normally wouldn't be too big a deal, but since it took a year off, I'm sure that'll be a big thing. Yeah. And then, of course, we got Battlefront 2. That's supposed to be this fall, I believe. I'm super pumped for. And then whatever Call of Duty is doing, I'm hoping it's a World War II thing. There's a lot, and that's, yeah, that's just off the top of my head, like the big time releases. So that's like a ton going on this year. So I'm going to have to be strategic about what I want to buy. Um, not only because I can't pay for all that, but because I don't have near enough time for all that, even though I wish I could play everything I just listed off. But the only for sures for me right now are Zelda. And that's about it, really. Well, but. see, the the reason Prey is such a big thing to me and why it's more than likely a day one purchase for me is just because, like, I'm not huge into Dishonored. You know, I didn't play Dishonored 2. I didn't, I'm not into that. Um, but, like, I love almost everything Bethesda does. Like, um, you know, they published Doom, which is one of my favorite games of last year. Fallout 4, great. Wolfenstein, great. So, like, I'm super excited for Prey. I like what they're doing. I like anything sci-fi. Like, you make a sci-fi mm-hmm. game, I'm in. My favorite game franchise is Mass Effect, you know? So, um, like, I'm just right there mass effect and prey those are two sci-fi games for me this year that i'm super stoked about you know so uh i'm super high on prey it might not be a day one release for me but it definitely is a game i'm going to be playing this year for sure guaranteed um i just like the the whole makeup of that game um it gives me dead space vibes like i said it gives me bioshock vibes and you know those are two of my favorite franchises so i'm super stoked um i'm just glad that they they put it in an area where it can succeed instead of packing it into a fall where it could potentially die and just not be talked about. Uh, this is kind of around that Doom release date E. I believe Doom came out in June. So uh, it, it's, it's a... Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> you know what I forgot to mention was South Park. Oh yeah, South Park 2, which we don't even know if it's coming out this year. It got it got delayed to the beginning of, next, uh, the beginning of this year. Still haven't heard about it. Could possibly be a fall game next year. Like, that's in limbo yeah. too. So, we have no idea. Um, plus, if any of those PlayStation exclusives decide to get a release date anytime yeah. soon, I would think at least one of them would. But yeah, who the hell we'll knows? See. Yeah. Anyways, uh, that's. I'm gonna get into my topic. This is technically news, but it's just such a big piece of news that I wanted this to be a topic. There was a huge announcement the day of recording this. Marvel and Square Enix announced a partnership. Uh, I'm going to read you guys the official press release from Square Enix. And it states, uh, Marvel Entertainment and Square Enix today announced a new multi-year multi-game licensing agreement to develop and publish original games based on beloved Marvel superheroes. Beginning with The Avengers, which is the title of the new game. They released a trailer, a teaser trailer for it. It looks super cool. Has the Avengers logo. Uh, hashtag reassemble. So you're assuming this is after some kind of big conflict. Maybe Civil War, maybe something else. Uh, It goes on to state, This newly established partnership pairs the creative minds at Marvel and Square Enix for one of the most powerful alliances in interactive entertainment. The first blockbuster game is being crafted by Crystal Dynamics, developers of the award-winning Tomb Raider series, in collaboration with Eidos Montreal, the home of the critically acclaimed and award-winning Deus Ex game series. 
The Avengers project is being designed for gamers worldwide and will be packed with all the characters, environments, and iconic moments that have thrilled longtime fans of the franchise. Featuring a completely original story, it will introduce a universe of gamers. It will introduce a universe gamers can play in for years to come. More details on the Avengers project and other games will be announced in 2018. Uh, right off the bat, I'm super excited. Uh, I'm pretty sure Dom is too. Uh, this is crazy. So the day before this announcement, uh, Marvel posted a thing saying tune in tomorrow morning. Square Enix posted a thing saying tune in tomorrow morning. And running through everybody's minds is... Worst case scenario, it's something we don't really care about, some weird mobile game. Best case scenario, we're probably going to see the, the Marvel Worlds for Kingdom Hearts, is what everyone assumed. Square Enix and Marvel, that's probably what they're going to be talking about. Makes the most sense. No one anticipated this. This is another example of Marvel being like, we're kind of dominating the superhero game in every other medium. Our video games aren't the greatest. So let's go get Insomniac to make a Spider-Man game. Let's get Telltale to make a Guardians game. And them partnering with Square Enix, having Crystal Dynamics, who's been on a hot streak um, as of late with the two Tomb Raider games that are phenomenal, and Eidos Montreal with Deus Ex. This is incredible. Like, I know you haven't watched all the Marvel movies or anything like that, but are you excited about this, Tom? About a, a well-crafted Marvel game? Yeah, no, I think this is the right choice. Uh, seeing Crystal Dynamics and Square Enix, uh, th their names pop up on that trailer. Like, yeah, okay, you guys are doing this right. Like you can, you know, Crystal specifically, I can, this is, that's a great pick for a superhero game, right? Because especially fresh off of uh, those two Tomb Raider games, third person action, you know, it's not too, too, too much farther away from that. I, I will be interested to see exactly what, at least this first game, this first series will be, if it's going to be more of a sort of action game with some light RPG elements, or is it just going to be straight up like action like a fighting type game i'm yeah like you said i'm not as into the mcu as you are but definitely understand the gravity of what just got announced this is a huge deal yeah and it's this is so interesting to me because it's it's weird that it seems like dc does this in every medium is they're they're good at the initial jump on things you know with the movies or stuff and then marvel just does it better and with with DC, the Batman games are phenomenal. All of the Arkham games. I haven't played all of them, but I I know those games are great games just from what everyone's always talked about. And it's strange that they haven't extended themselves, DC, to how they see how well those games sell. You know, they see how beloved those games are. And they just haven't extended their hand anywhere else. It's weird. And Marvel now has been like, we used to license our games out and people used to make okay games, if not bad games. We're going to take take these franchises take them to game companies that are proven that make really good games and we're gonna be like hey can you make a game for us who's gonna turn that down you know you get to have some of the most iconic like pop culture uh icons of the last like 80 years to work within a video game it's incredible like crystal Dy crystal dynamics has done a phenomenal job bringing tomb raider back uh you know though deus ex hasn't gotten the greatest reviews it's still a beautiful game and it's still a well-crafted game and uh having them collaborate together is phenomenal i i'm kind of with you in the sense of i anticipate this game being more in the realm of tomb raider where it's not an open world but it's sectioned off open worlds if that makes sense like yeah open areas um the other thing here and to take this to the grain of sand this game might not be out for a while the fact is, is they announced this and they said more details on the Avengers 
project and other games will be announced in 2018. Um, I'm thinking at best we'll get a game fall 2018. At best, best. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so don't expect anything this year. I think uh, they were waiting to probably be far enough along that they were confident in announcing this. Um, I can only anticipate when they say multi-game, we don't know how many. Uh, they say that they're building a universe in the Avengers project, meaning that at least that series will have at least two games, right? You can you can kind of assume that. When they say other games, we were talking about this before the show, I can almost guarantee that they're going to try their hand at some type of Marvel Go. We talked about Hitman Go earlier. They've seemed to have done a Go game for every uh, Square Enix franchise for the most part. Uh, some big ones. They have Hitman. Who am I? They have Hitman, they have Tomb Raider, and they have Deus Ex, right? Those three right yeah. there. So you can anticipate there probably being a Marvel one of some sort. Um, or individual my guess is, ones. Yeah. yeah, my guess is individual ones spread out over time. So, you know, Iron Man go, and then a couple, a year, whatever later, uh, Captain America go, and so on. That They could milk that for a long time. Yeah, I agree. Um, this is great because it's, it's bringing, like, it's, oh, it's just bringing together a franchise everyone loves with the game developer and game publisher everyone loves. Uh, my only my only worry with this, and we talked about this for the show as well, is I really hope that this doesn't turn into an exclusive deal for Microsoft. Um, you know, the Spider-Man game is exclusive for PS4, which is awesome for PS4 gamers, but uh, Dom and I discussed, like, it's weird when it's not a property that's originally made by that company, then it's exclusive, you know? Right. Um, <clears throat> it's just really weird. When you think of Spider-Man... I guess when you think of Spider-Man movies, you think of Sony, which isn't necessarily PlayStation, but, like, Spider-Man is more than PlayStation. It's more than Sony, right? It's not Uncharted or Crash or any of these things. It's weird to see it exclusive, which is great for PS4 gamers. I really hope, because we've seen Crystal Dynamics games be Xbox exclusives in the past, at least timed exclusives, for a year. Um, I really hope this isn't a exclusive for Xbox. It would be a big win for Xbox and Phil Spencer, but me personally, I hope as many people can experience this as soon as possible. So... I'm really hoping that this isn't an exclusive. Um, it, so, it's... go ahead. Oh, what was I going to say? Okay, so I guess I'm curious. How do you envision this game looking? Um, you see this as you're going to rotate and play through. You know, I don't even know how many Avengers there are. You know, are you going to be switching from Iron Man to Captain America? I, I just the logistics of this game. Well, of course they'll figure it out, and I'm sure it'll be great. But it's it's hard for me to wrap my head around it right now. Yeah, it's, it's so weird, too, because so they signed the deal. The wording of it is they signed a multi-game licensing agreement with Square Enix, and there's a game under Square Enix's umbrella, the developers Crystal Dynamics and and uh, and Eidos Montreal making the Avengers project, meaning that they could possibly have other, um, other game developers making other games under the Square Enix umbrella. So, like, it'd be weird if they did, like, a... Like a like a turn-based RPG in the Marvel's universe, that'd be weird. Yeah. But with this game specifically, it's hard because... So my initial thought, like we said, is uh, an open-area Tomb Raider-esque game, right? And that makes me wonder if, like, maybe each area or maybe each couple areas or something like that is a different character. So you're not actively... You're, it's see. not like a Lego right. game. You're not actively changing between characters in one area. It could possibably right. be that, you know... Um, you're, you change characters as the story progresses. The other weird thing here in the wording is it says, introduce a universe gamers can play in for years to come. It could possibly be a multiplayer persistent game as well. Yeah. Maybe this is an MMO? 
it could also be like an Overwatch ish game, which would be just insane. like a, more of a platform. Yeah, so it's like yeah. a it's like a, a, a shooter multiplayer game where you bring characters to it, and uh, if it's the problem with that is Square Enix, like Crystal doesn't have Tomb Raider's multiplayer is okay. That's not what they're known for. Eidos Montreal isn't known for multiplayer, so I don't. I didn't even think... know it had multiplayer. Yeah, I it's like Uncharted's multiplayer. Some people say it's oh it's so great, it's okay, it's okay. Um, yeah, so neither of them really have a strong background in multiplayer, so I think I'm just reading too much into that. Um, what I would love is if they brought back the Ultimate Alliance series, uh, where you, did you ever play Marvel Ultimate Alliance? No. So have you ever played Diablo games? No. Um, no. I've watched a lot of Diablo. Okay. Though. So you know how Diablo is, uh, it's, it's like an isometric or top down dungeon crawler, hmm. right? Yeah. 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 And you c- control one character. Imagine having that one character, but you could either switch between four characters or four people can be in that same game with you, if that makes sense. It's like Godlet meets Diablo, kind of. Um, And they're really fun games. They're button mashers for the most part. It'd be interesting to see Square Enix kind of dive into that and make it more polished. They were good games. They weren't great games. I think the Activision uh, up-reses or whatever they wanted to call them that came out on Xbox One, I don't know if they came on PS4, they were charging like 40 bucks for both of them, which is insane to me. Maybe even 60 I don't remember the exact price. Way too expensive for those games. Uh, I was really thinking about buying them possibly. Didn't even happen. Um, yeah. Uh, hmm. I'm just trying to think. It's hard to figure out what this game's possibly going to be because it can be so it's many different lot. things. Yeah. It's a lot to think about. Have you played either of the Tomb Raiders? Yeah, the first one, yeah. Did you like it? Yeah, no, it was great. Um, it was fun. Like, the gameplay was great. Um, it looked really good. The story, I really couldn't have cared less about. It was kind of just there. Um, the Lara was really cool. Um, some of the other characters are kind of lame. But overall, no, it was great. Yeah, it's just... It's it's weird. Like, it's awesome that this, this deal was made, but it's weird because we don't necessarily have a pin on what this game is going to be you know so it's it's really interesting because with insomniac and spider-man it's like that makes sense we know what that game is right you know, you know exactly know what, what it is yeah. it's infamous you know um it with with this it's like even the telltale in, in gardens of the galaxy we know what that game's going to be you know mm-hmm. it's a telltale game with the guardian skin on it uh <laughs> what if telltale comes out and like it's just a first person shooter like completely God. different than what they've been making yeah and that leads me to believe that like you know occam's razor usually the most obvious answer is the right one maybe it is just open area tomb raider-esque but marvel characters you know and i'd be fine with that uh it's interesting because the world that Eidos montreal built deus ex is so deep and there's so many details that i'd be really intrigued to see what their their kind of cities and landscapes and areas kind of would be you know so i don't know just it's really intriguing it's really exciting um i would i would put money on us seeing another announcement like this at e3 this year maybe before i think marvel is going for the throw with this they know they can make money in the video game realm if the games are really well done i would almost guarantee that we'll see at least one more partnership uh by the end of e3 with another company which would be amazing um i'm super excited for that i think we both are if jordan was here he'd be super excited too 
Uh, we look forward to what they have. And uh, they say we're going to hear stuff in 2018. We might see some kind of weird teaser trailer at E3. You never know. So keep your, keep your heads up, and hopefully we get this game by the end of 2018 at the very earliest. Um, I'd be surprised if this game came out next year, but we'll see. Who knows? Anyways, Dom. We know Prey's coming out May 5th, 2017. What's your question regarding all of this? When is Wolfenstein 2 coming? Oh, when is Wolfenstein? Yeah, <laughs> they teased it last year at E3. And I guess the easiest way to put this is, what does Prey's release date mean for Bethesda's 2017? Like, yeah, so what does this do for their roadmap? And what does the rest of the year look like and then the coming years? Because Prey, like we mentioned earlier, May 5th, like, caught everyone off, off guard. I don't think anyone expected that. Um, the, the assumption was, you know, probably at E3, we'll hear about Wolfenstein 2 coming out in the fall. That seemed like the obvious answer. But now that they're dropping Prey in May, I don't even know anymore. I mean, they could still be doing Wolfenstein in the fall, but do they want to do that or do they want to push that or, you know, give it the extra time and go into early 2018 just to get out of what's going to be a really hectic fall for games. Um, and then who knows, maybe there's something else that we're not aware of um, or the timing we're not aware of something that maybe we're expecting way later, but that ends up coming out or again, maybe something completely off the rails, like an, uh, another fallout game. Uh, maybe that fallout Detroit we always talk about. But that would be a pretty much a relevant game because, you know, if you've been to Detroit. Anyway. Um. <laughs> so it's interesting because Fallout 4 has us really speculating of, like, what is Bethesda going to do because they could announce something and then release it in the fall. Yeah. So it's so here's what we have. Here's the rundown. These are all possibilities. We're playing with an open map. We're going to see what exactly we think. So first off, the Elder Scrolls series. We haven't seen one in a while. Todd Howard said it's far away. Don't believe what a developer says. You never know. They're they're just they could be right. He could be wrong. They they want to keep a lot of things close to the vest, right? This could possibly be an Elder Scrolls release this fall. More than likely not. I would say probably ninety five percent unlikely, but it is a possibility. They, they are the, they are supposed to be putting Skyrim on Switch for whatever that's worth. Yeah. Also, last year during the Scorpio reveal trailer and the Bethesda conference. Uh, Todd Howard talked about bringing uh, Fallout 4 to VR. So we'll see what happens there as well. That could possibly be the big thing for them this fall, Fallout VR. Uh, we have Fallout, which we talked about. Uh, you you referenced the Fallout Detroit or Fallout New Orleans or this side of Fallout New Vegas-esque kind of game. That's also possible. Um, other things that they have you know uh, published in the past, we have Doom, which came out last year, so highly unlikely. Uh, Brink probably will never have a follow-up. Game did not sell well, did not perform well. A Rage uh, from id that came oh, out yeah. uh, a while back. I liked that game. A lot of people felt it wasn't up to the snuff that it was known for. I liked it. That is getting a sequel. Might get a remaster or something. You never know. The Dishonored series, we got Dishonored 2. Um, so that's Dishonored. There's not going to be any Dishonored this year, obviously. Well, um, I, I, would, I would actually, I would say we're almost certainly going to get some DLC for that. Yeah, but I, this is um, kind of in the vein of like, what's their big fall release, right? I would right, hope right, they, right. they supported Dishonored with some DLC, um, but that's not going to be what gives it, brings them the big revenue in the fall. Right. Um, uh, the other two big things you reference them: uh, the sequel to Wolfenstein: A New Order, um, and its 
DLC or standalone uh, Old Blood. Uh, we kind of got a teaser for that last year at Bethesda's conference, and uh, this is the this is probably the one I would assume is most likely just because they teased us last year uh, that Wolfenstein is is in the works. I would be super stoked for that. Everyone loved the first Wolfenstein or you know this Wolfenstein, the reimagining. Um, the biggest problem people had was that intro. Uh, they a lot of people thought they could have cut that out and the game would have been great. I think the game was great either way. I didn't think it was as bad as people complained that it was. Um, and the other big likely is the Evil Within Two. Um, it sold better than a lot of people think. Uh, Tango has been up to a uh, uh, you know something. We would presume it's Evil Within Two. Uh, with the likes of Resident Evil Seven and Outlast Two this year, uh, you know. Horrors back in fad. People love playing horror games, and I think it'd be a great year to hit with Evil Within 2. Uh, Outlast 2 is assumed to be coming out somewhere in the mid-year, so if you have Resident Evil 7, then you have Outlast 2. Evil Within 2 would be great. I don't think there would be a problem releasing Wolfenstein and Evil Within in the same year. I think, unlike what EA thought with Titanfall and Battlefield, these are definitely different markets. Yeah. You know? You have your FPS shooter and you have your horror game. Those are definitely two different audiences. Some crossover, but they're definitely two different audiences. I could definitely uh, see them seeing, you know, the new Wolfenstein, the new Evil Within, both in the same year, both in the same fall. And that would make sense that they don't want Prey there because, like, we're already pushing two games near each other. We can't have a third, you know? A new um, IP. Well, new IP. But. Yeah. And it's... To me, I would love for it to be Wolfenstein and Evil Within, but Bethesda doesn't publish copious amounts of games in a given year, so I would assume it's not yeah. going to be any more than two. We already have Prey. We had Doom, and we had Dishonored 2 last year. We're going to have Prey. If I was a betting man, I would say Wolfenstein. What about you? Yeah, it's Wolfenstein or Evil Within. Yeah. Um, and I got to say Wolfenstein just because it hasn't been confirmed, but... It, they or did they confirm that the the little clue in that uh, that other trailer was in fact a Wolfenstein game? I'm not sure, but yeah, it was it was a Wolfenstein reference, yes. Yeah, so that's at least we know that that's almost certainly going to happen. At least Evil Within, we have no idea if they're even doing a sequel for that. Yeah, that's true, but that studio must be working on something. Um, yeah, yeah, they're doing something, but who knows? Maybe it's a Arby game. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. Maybe not. <laughs> Probably uh, not. I think I think most people h hope that it's Wolfenstein. It's just going to be tough, man, because like Wolfenstein is such a great game. But if that thing comes out this fall with the possibility of Destiny Two and Battlefront Two and the yearly Call of Duty game, it's it would have to it would have to be like a earlier. Year. Yeah, yeah, early, early, maybe early. in August. Yeah, November is where you really want to steer clear of. Yeah, as and it seems Call like of Duty showed last year when everyone thought infinite warfare was going to be downhill and then it ended up being the best-selling game of the year so yeah um but it is the the people were right though that the numbers were on decline it sold less but the thing is is that the bar that called less compared to so itself high. yeah exactly right. <laughs> um and it seems like bethesda does a good job of caring about their product they released doom in june last year because they knew that it'd probably be difficult for it to compete with all those fall shooters, you know, they're releasing Prey this year, so maybe, maybe Wolfenstein is the following May June, and maybe this fall is something we don't yeah. know about or an Evil Within two, you know, maybe they understand yeah. that releasing their shooters in that that May to July range is their best fit. So we could both be wrong on that, and it could be either an Evil Within two, 
we get a teaser for Elder Scrolls. The interesting thing is, I was always, I always wondered why they didn't do the Fallout New Vegas thing with Elder Scrolls. That could be a possibility. Todd Howard has always said Elder Scrolls uh, Six is not in development. He's never really stated that an Elder Scrolls game isn't in development. You know, there could Good be point. a spinoff. That's a huge, that's a huge world and plenty of lore to work with. Mm-hmm. So. I hope it's Wolfenstein. I love Wolfenstein, but as we look at their their recent track record with shooters, they don't really release them in the fall. So we'll see. Man, I just really want that damn Elder Scrolls card game already. Oh, Elder Scrolls Legends. Yeah, it needs to come out of open beta. I, I that, that's tough though when games are like in open beta and alpha and stuff like that because you kind of lose track of when did it actually release and then it's like oh it's released you know so it's super well. weird. It never. It hasn't released until it's on my phone for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, uh, it's it's only on open beta on PC. I think when it actually releases, it's yeah. releasing to everything simultaneously. So we'll see. Um, Bethesda has a big year ahead of them. The thing with them is they've shown that they can announce a game and release it, and not have to worry about the long press uh, month after month after month. They're okay with announcing a game, releasing it three months later. So they're one of the most exciting companies because of that. So we'll see what they have planned. I'm excited for Prey. What does it hold for their fall? We speculated. We have no idea. We'll see. Um, that's the show. Uh, we're going to hop into what we're going to be playing. Uh, I have a couple of things we're going to be playing. I'm finishing LEGO Dimensions. Uh, Memoranda. It's a game I talked about the first week of January, if you guys remember. It's an indie game. It's a point-and-click adventure game. It's like James and the Giant Peach meets Cow- Courage the Cowardly Dog. It's like very creepy but very cute in the same way. And... It just looks like a really interesting time. I was fortunate enough to be sent a review code, so I want to be playing through that. Um, I have another game I got a review code for that's under NDA, so I can't currently talk about that. Um, don't know if I'm going to do a review for it. Not too sure. We'll see. Um, when I can talk about it, I'll talk about it. Um, I think the NDA is the 31st, so I'll probably be able to talk about it then. Um, other than that, I think that's pretty much it for me. Uh, Overwatch 2, as always, goes without saying. Uh, gonna be watching um, some movies. Fun fact, uh, Dom, I forgot to tell you about this. I'm currently, to prove people wrong, I'm currently watching through season six and eventually seven of Walking Dead to catch up. Because I keep getting so much flack saying, "How are you gonna say the show's fallen off if you haven't kept up with it?" Yada yada yada. So. Oh, that's stupid. Because that answers the question. Well, if it's not holding me in, then exactly. Then why would I keep Plus, up? anyway? I, and this may be a there's a complete opposite argument to this, but I've already invested so much into that universe. So I'm like, might as well see how how stuff is, you know. So it's not. I mean, what, sixteen episodes in each in each season. It's not a whole lot if you're uh, digesting it all and you know in a binge kind of fashion instead of waiting every week. Yeah, and like, I people have this tendency to think that if you don't like something or you fall out of it, you automatically hate it or dislike it. I've never said I dislike Walking Dead. I just said I. I lost interest, you know? I lost interest in the show. Doesn't mean it's bad. Never said it's bad. It's obviously isn't. The ratings are through the roof. Um, So, yeah, I'm watching that. Um, I heard of a new anime series. Uh, Obviously, Jordan needs to be here for me to talk to him about it. It's about, like, it's called Cabanera and the Iron Castle. And the gif I saw that made me want to watch it is there's this girl controlling this tank or something and she takes off her jacket and she goes to like activate the machine and she's completely like shredded like not like steroid yoked but she's just like defined I'm like dang that girl seems like a badass and people like were commenting saying that it's really cool and stuff like that so I'm a sucker for that so I'm 
a strong female protagonist. So I'm interested in that. I'm going to see if I can catch that as well. But that's pretty much it for me. What about you? <clears throat> so I actually forgot to mention earlier, and I wanted to point out, this past weekend I went and saw Split, the M. Night Shyamalan movie. Shyamalan Ding Dong. Shyamalan Ding Dong. I'm not going to say too much. I don't want to spoil anything. This is a Shyamalan movie we're talking about. <laughs> but long story short, you should all go watch it. That's it. I just had to get that in there. Um, as far as what games I'll be playing this week, I'll keep on uh, burning through Hitman Go because it's the perfect kind of game for me that I can get you know that I can get sink time into it. Where you know during times where I couldn't normally play a game. Besides that, uh, what else? Oh, I actually do want to get back to Dishonored One, which is just sitting on my uh, my PS4 dashboard. Uh, came free with the second game so i do want to i never did finish it um last gen so i do want to take a run through that game because i really like that series so hmm, interesting i think that uh, is it what you're, are you gonna be playing any more witcher 3 or urban empire oh yeah i do need to put a little bit more time into urban empire um just to give that a little bit more due diligence and i think there's more that i need to see yeah and Witcher 3, that's just a maybe, maybe not. I'm not committing to that game by any means. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I want to get through Dishonored first, cross that off the list. So yeah. Speak. I think it's a, it's going to be a chill week for us. Jordan will be back next week, hopefully. Uh, I'm actually uh, going to be on a podcast this weekend, uh, Millennial Game Speak. Uh, it's run by this guy named Logan Moore. He invited me on. So, uh, Speaking of that, uh, in order to keep up to date with us, follow us at CTRLINT. That's our group Twitter, Controlled Interests, um, to see the latest happenings and stuff like that. Follow us at our individual accounts. I'm at Jared underscore. I'll be tweeting out when I'm on that other podcast as well as all of the breakouts and content we do here at Controlled Interests. Dom is at Dom's Oreos because he loves them so much. Uh, you guys can follow us and rate us on iTunes as well. It helps. Every share helps. If you can, please share us with your friend, your colleague, your coworker, your auntie, your uncle, your grandpa, your grandmother, Uncle Steve, Uncle Fred. Uh, <laughs> any share helps us. We're at 65 subs, which is really cool. When we hit 100, we'll have a custom URL. Uh, I'm currently working on a couple of reviews, video form, right now, so look for those in the coming weeks, as well as my Pit People preview and a couple of other things that I'm kind of tinkering with. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Any closing words, Tom? Shalom. Shalom. Shamalama ding dong. Uh, we'll see you guys in episode 45 for the return of Jordan. Uh, yeah, have a good day, guys. <laughs>